1918, the year the world changed. From the diaries of Lady Mary Monkswell of Beminster. Part 2. Railway strikers in Dorchester, dinner with the Dorset MP, and Austria, Turkey and Bulgaria out of the war. Friday, September 13th. Mrs Pinney and old Mrs Brisk carried me off behind two raging horses to Horn Park. I only went there to see Ambrose. He came in from shooting with old Mr Brisk and his son Joe, looking very thin but fine and gay to see these two young men. Ambrose has gone through a thousand dangers and all his brother officers are gone. Joe, six foot four, frightfully wounded and lame, but going back to France next week. I raced back down the hill through the darkening evening. Tuesday, 17th of September, 1918. Robert walked over from Seatown and I had the best afternoon sight langer. He sat in his own chair read George Trevelyan's Carlyle, settled my accounts. Went over to see DVG, had tea, and we started together as far as in sight of sleep, talking of everything. Here we parted. The autumn evening, the romantic winding road. He looked back and waved two or three times just as his father would have done. 18th of September, 1918. Sir Robert Williams, Dorset West MP, duly appeared about six of the clock. I found him much worn with his son's death in France and his clever wife's death. I think he liked talking to me. I gave him a meagre dinner and we went up to the hall where he addressed some 60 electors. He speaks badly but one loves him rather. I much enjoyed his company. He is much in distrust of the socialists' power. Expects an election in November. September the 19th, 1918. A most successful trip to Seatown. We all crammed into the car. McCoy and Dog on the box. Had wired Robert to say we were coming. But the telegram unopened rather stunned to see us, but we had brought our own lunch. But he had plenty. Little Lorna, taller, but too thin, very lovely. Robert and I raced up to Thorncombe Beacon, see broad stitches of silver and blue, stained with purple shadows of the clouds. Violent storms! Tuesday, 24th September 1918. I hear tonight of a railway strike. No great western trains running. Those traitors should be shot. 25th September 1918. Anxiety relieved about treasonable strike by letters arriving only two hours late and newspaper. To Trotman's for tea, the happy Owen and his handsome wife. One fine peach which I gave to Mrs Kitson. Friday, September 27th, 1918. Railway strikers at Dorchester pay.
pelted by the wounded Tommies. Serves them right. To Stoke Abbott in pony cart with Mrs Russell, to call on handsome Mrs Owen, who had transformed poor Owen into a human being. Saturday, September the 28th. So many victories. Thank God. I can't take them all in. All along the Western Line, north to south, Belgians to us, the French, the Americans, 40,000 Turks prisoners in Palestine, Bulgaria wishing to resign. The news is simply splendid. Monday, 30th of September, 1918. At five of the clock, a rumour that Bulgaria had lain down their arms. At seven, a telegram from Winnie Cuddiston that the Servians there had heard this. This is, I underline this, news. Tuesday, the 1st of October, 1918. The splendid hope confirmed. Bonner Law at the Guild Hall told them Bulgaria had surrendered. They are treacherous barbarians, but we are taking no risks. The great change is that Germany's desired command of the East is over. Bulgaria has almost four million people and is about as large as Ireland. This will give us command of a large piece of the coast of the Black Sea, of the Danube and the Berlin-Baghdad Railway through Bulgaria. Wednesday, 2nd of October. Did nothing but study the map. Am pretty well up in the various sectors. PM walked and turned in by chance at Jefferson's cottage. They kept me for tea and I had the most moving talk with Captain the Rev. He thinks the German game is up. He was all through Gallipoli. Monday, October the 7th, 1918. The Germans being driven back at all points this morning wished to open negotiations with America for an honourable peace, an impudent German peace. That will not do. A great emotion to think that they have come to this. They are burning our beautiful old French towns as they retreat. I hear my beautiful old Léon is in flames, no cathedral safe. The French will take their revenge at Berlin. This day week, Bulgaria surrendered unconditionally, and today the cry is the Germans shall do the same and receive their punishment. October the 10th, 1918. President Wilson replies to the German Chancellor that there will be no pause and no talk till they have cleared out of all their conquests, France, Belgium, Serbia, Romania, Montenegro, Italy, Russia and Poland. Saw a very noble cartoon by B. Partridge. Die Wacht am Rhein. The exhausted Hun like a beaten wild beast. Friday, October the 11th, 1918. We hear today that our enemy has sunk Leinster, an Irish liner crossing from Dublin. Lots of women and children. And this when they want peace and a Japanese passenger steamer. Altogether some 800 lives lost. We have taken Lakato. October the 13th, 1918. What may this week bring? 
it is almost paralysing to read the spectator and the observer to take in that we have won the war, the wicked, cruel enemy asking for peace. I must take it slowly. No more thought of invasion, no more air raids, and I hope very soon no more U-boats. Every morning I hope to mark on my map the rapid retreats and hear the immense masses of prisoners' guns and material captured. The most immediate anxiety is of our precious prisoners, Godfrey Fillimore, Jack Mellon. Tuesday, October the 15th, 1918. In much agitation as to what President Wilson would say in reply to Germany. I hear now, Tuesday, 5pm, a telegram has come in that his reply is unconditional surrender. We now know where we are. The Bosch thought they were going to get armistice before evacuation. Wednesday, 16th of October, 1918. The President's words are in the paper. Generals in the field, Foch, Haig and Allenby, are to dictate the terms. The outrages to stop at once. Arbitrary power to cease. The Kaiser and Junkers to go. This before the thought of armistice will be even for a moment considered. Of course, the Kaiser will go on fighting as long as he can get his army to fight. <laughs> no, he ran away. I do my best to keep abreast of events, as we all do in these troubled times. I do my best to keep abreast of events, as we all do in these troubled times. My dear late husband was Under Secretary of State for War in the mid-90s, so, in a small way, I suppose, I am privy to a little inside knowledge. From Times. Nothing is more singular than the utter incapacity of the ordinary German mind to understand the situation. They express indignant surprise that President Wilson should venture to require from Germany any guarantees at all. They must awaken before long. Saturday, October 19th, 1918. The most wonderful week of our lives. It is clear that the Bosch will fight on to the last. Will settle himself on the line of the Meurs. Monday, October 21st, 1918. President Wilson refuses armistice in Austria. He stands quite firm. Tuesday, 22nd of October. The German reply makes curiously little impression upon one. For so great an occasion, it seems so slight. It denies its outrages, says the U-boats are told to leave passenger boats and is supported by the German people. We cannot stop fighting for this. Thursday, 24th of October. Prince Max of Baden, the German Chancellor, makes use of the words, go under with honour. Terrible words for Germany to hear. Balfour says the Huns shall not have their colonies restored to them in East and West Africa and New Brunswick near Australia. Saturday, 26th of October. I went to see Mrs Beamont today. Her worthy, excellent husband, cabinet maker and carpenter, died last week. She said I had been a great consolation. I put this down to encourage myself. My own little doings obliterated in the great world movement. 
Sunday 27th of October 1918. The news is too immense for private life. Service 11. Good sermon from Mr Davis. We are to forgive the Germans where they repent and make full reparation. So there's no hurry. Looking through my scrapbook of war cuttings, I found this letter from Lord Davenport just 17 months ago, asking us to reduce our consumption of bread. Ships were being sunk by the wretched U-boats and we were told to eat less food by a grocer. This we did in great measure. Those dark times are behind us. Thank God. November the 1st, 1918. These wonderful days. Almost days with the news.